Hello, I'm Susan Swan, and you're listening to All Writers Are Con Men, a Dead Celebrities Club podcast. Today I'll be reading from my new novel, The Dead Celebrities Club, which is now on sale in Canada, wherever good books are sold. In this chapter, my character Dale Paul describes his trip to prison. I hope you enjoy it. Chapter 2 In the morning, I file thoughts of Earl away in the vault of unpleasant things and prepare myself for the act of self-surrender. After our breakfast of scrambled egg whites and Canadian bacon, I say goodbye to Mother, who clings like a child to the tail of my suit jacket until Meredith gently pries me loose. My cousin settles grim face behind the wheel of my Mercedes sedan, while I slide into the front passenger seat and unfold the map the hotel clerk made to guide us. The map shows a back road to the prison, a route the journalists are unlikely to know. I've never had a driver's license, so the sight of Meredith sitting behind the wheel doesn't bother me the way it might other men who aren't going to drive for a while. Caroline, tall and lithe, jumps into the back seat, clutching her untidy bag of manuscripts. She is an editor at a London publishing house where she tends her authors like a junkyard dog. And she has brought along some work in case there is a long wait at the prison. I know what you're thinking. Nobody in right mind would do such work when escorting her lover to prison. You don't know Caroline. The more stress she feels, the harder she goes at it. If I ask her to put down her pile of typed papyrus, she smiles absentmindedly and stares right through me. We drive until we see a small wooden sign that says FCI, which stands for Federal Correctional Institute. Meredith makes an abrupt right turn. Immediately, we come to one of the wild blue-black rivers you see upstate. We don't know our car has already passed under a hidden surveillance camera, and we drive in full innocence into a long meadow surrounded by pine woods. A tall hill, a small mountain really, rises up behind a low ridge that accommodates two immense fenced-in compounds. The prison's maximum and low security buildings are separated from each other by a few miles of service road. The larger compound sprouts guard towers that evoke the medieval campanile you might see on a rinky-dink castle. On the ridge, a white pickup truck with police lights on its roof drives along the service road that joins the two compounds dipping in and out of view as it winds through the trees. Up ahead, the road is blocked with cars and satellite trucks. When the journalists spot us, some of the reporters climb out of their cars and run over, their cameras flashing like meteor bursts. I get out of my sedan, followed by Caroline and Meredith. How does it feel to be a felon, a man shouts. Did this feckless scribe really think I would answer such a question? Several reporters yell more egregious remarks. Traitor, scum, 
you ripped off our vets. It's shocking to experience head-on the vector of human anger. The effect is so extreme it feels impersonal, as if a tornado of hatred has been directed your way by malevolent natural forces. Caroline places her hand on my arm. Don't talk to the journos, she whispers. But I'm already clearing my throat, smoothing down my dark hair. Why bother hiding what I do well? Modesty is just a convention, and I know how to tap dance for the news hounds, how to digress into tangents that none of their pack has the wit to grasp. As I turn to address them, the white truck I saw on the mountain road roars up, and a prison guard wearing a white peak cap leans out the window and speaks to the newsmen. Most of the reporters jump back into their vehicles and drive away. Only one man stays behind to talk to the prison guard. It takes me a moment to recognize Tim Nugent. How typical of my dogged school chum. I am too far away to hear what he is saying, though. Looking disappointed, he leaps back into his car and waves frantically at me through the open window. Then he too is gone and we get back into my sedan. Nice wheels, the guard calls as he waves us in. He has on navy pants and a sky blue shirt. He says he is a correctional officer. A CO, he adds proudly. A plastic pen set has been hinged onto his shirt pocket. Well, from his belt dangles a baton ring, a radio holder, and one too many metal keys. Craning his neck, he leers at me. How's the weather up there, big guy? I shrug. Strangers always ask me about the weather, assuming, wrongly, that they're the first person to joke about my height. By the way, a writer named Nugent says he knows you, the guard says. True enough, I answer. I told him to get the warden's permission if he wants to speak to you, the guard replies. She your wife? He points at Caroline, my girlfriend. And the other woman is my kister. I smile crookedly. Well, whoever they are, they can't accompany you past this point. I kiss the women, tell Meredith to keep a close eye on my son Davy, and climb into the prison truck. The guard floors the accelerator and we drive rattling and bumping all the way up the ridge to the low security prison. In the rear view mirror, I watch my po-faced girls grow smaller and smaller. Thank you for listening to All Writers Are Conmen, a Dead Celebrities Club podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please make sure you subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or wherever you listen to podcasts. For all the latest news and updates, connect with me on social media, on Facebook at Susan Swan Online, on Instagram at Biggest Modern Writer, and on Twitter at Swanscribe. If you read and enjoyed the Dead Celebrities Club, please consider leaving me a review on Goodreads or Amazon. And thank you again for listening.